Hello and welcome to the Paranormal or What podcast with me, your host, Michaela Ford. How's your week been this week? Has it been hard? Has it been tiring? Well, I have to let you into a secret. Mine has. I've had an awful virus this week. Not COVID, thank goodness, but quite flooring nonetheless. So I'm really glad to be here with you this evening. So come on in, draw up a chair, put your feet up and pour yourself a drink. Let me tell you what we've got for you this week. Well, what a treat I've got for you. This week I've been interviewing Ash and Greg from the Pursuit of the Paranormal podcast and we had a really good time talking about UFOs, cryptids, you name it, we talked about it. So without further ado, snuggle down and enjoy the show. See you in a while. Hello everybody and welcome to the podcast. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Ash and Greg from the Pursuit of the Paranormal podcast. Hi guys, how are you doing? Hey Michael, I'm good. I'm not too bad, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Hiya. You all right, Greg? Yeah, well, all good, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I've got lots of things to ask you about. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. And um, so I've got lots and lots of questions, so I hope you don't mind that. Um, but I do, I, I always start with one particular question um, and I'll ask you both this, which is what initially made you interested in the paranormal? So let's have Greg. Okay, so when I was growing up, I used to get freaked out watching programmes by someone called Arthur C. Clarke. He used to have a program, I think it was called World of Mysteries. And um, I used to watch weird stuff on there when I was younger and it used to just freak me out. There was one particular one about poltergeists. Um, and I think it just from there, it um, spurred my interest on. Um, and then moved into UFOs and, and all that kind of stuff. But primarily it started with that and I used to get scared watching those programs that's only eight or nine so yeah I remember that program it was really spooky um what about you Ash Uh, well my my main interest has always been in UFO side of the paranormal and that stems back to a UFO sighting that I had when I was 10 years old so we had this unusual sighting and then from there I sort of got interested in trying to find out what it was that I saw and I started watching uh, documentaries on VHS from the library that I could uh, rent out and then X-Files started getting popular so I started watching that and then that's just led to basically a lifetime of interest and looking in the skies for UFOs and then the last couple of years I've uh, been sort of getting more into the paranormal after again another experience about three years ago like a ghost experience and then so, so that's opened me up to the other side of the paranormal whereas before then it was just UFOs yeah. After that experience and the ghost side of things a couple of years ago, I'm now open to the whole paranormal realm, really. Okay, so, well, I've got to ask you then, what was the UFO sighting? So it was in 1997. Um, I know the, the, the year, I know how, how old it was, because it's when Haley's Comet was oh, visible, yeah. or the Hailbot Comet, whichever one it was, in 97. And it was, it was visible quite a few months in the sky, and we'd go out quite a lot when it's a clear sky and have a look at the comet. And it's just one of the nights we're out in the streets, probably four or five adults and all the kids. And we look at the comet, and all of a sudden we all saw what looked like uh, triangle shapes. So three looked like three stars in a triangle shape, but they're just moving from one part of the sky all the way across the sky to the other. It took about 40 seconds, 45 seconds to go across the whole sky. Wow. It was a clear triangle shape with three lights in its corner. Um, and that we were all like, all the adults were like, we don't know what that was, wasn't a plane. And since then, I've just been wanting to find out what it was and what else is up there. Wow, gosh. So do you think it was watching the comet then? Possibly. It seems to come from that direction in, the, in that part of the sky. That's how we noticed it at first. It was like lower than the stars. And you could see like it was a clear 
not you couldn't really see the colour of it, but you could tell that there's sort of an outline. So yeah. like the sky behind where it was travelling got darker when it was travelling, like when we were watching it. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely something unusual. And before then I had sort of no interest. And then since then it has been wanting to find that more. And that's my only UFO sighting that was 24 years ago. And wow. still waiting for the second one. And what's your um what was your ghostly encounter more recently? Uh, so I was in a, a local pub in Northwich and uh, God the Lord Elden in and we were just there having playing a poker night. One night we used to go every week and play on the poker night. And I was just sat at the poker table. And there was about five of us in this room and where we played poker, it was like in the back room. So no reason to come in there unless you were playing poker. You couldn't go beyond this room, there's no other door out, no toilets or anything. So it's just basically the one door in and out. Yeah. So one of the guys that was playing left and said bye to everyone and left. And a couple of minutes later, in my peripheral vision, I could see the door. And I saw the door open and somebody walk in. And I thought it was this guy coming back in, he'd left something or whatever. So I saw this guy walk in through the door and come and stand behind me and I heard him say something. But we were playing poker, I wasn't really paying much attention. But no one else in the room sat at the poker table sort of reacted to him. So I not I didn't want to be rude to someone that's just said something to the table because everyone seems to be ignoring him. So I turned to look over from the right shoulder, and there's no one there. <laughs> so I looked like around the table. I was like, "Did the date just come back in?" He's like, "No, no, he's coming." Is that like one of the girls was sat opposite the door? She's like, "No, no one's coming." I was like, "Someone just came in and stood behind me," and I heard him. Didn't hear what he said, but I just heard him say something. Like we just sort of aware of someone being stood there. Um, and yeah, that was it. My mate looked at me and asked if I was okay. She, she said to me, you look like you've just seen a ghost. And I said, <laughs> I, I think it just have. Because um, that was just, it's just a clear as day. I saw someone come in, walk behind me, said something, and I looked and there's, there's, there's nobody there. Wow, that is spooky. I have to say, I had a spooky encounter in a, a pub in Germany once where I saw a, a ghost dog. Um, oh. And I didn't even realise it was a ghost dog until it walked through the closed door. <laughs> I sort of oh. sat and went, ah! But have you had any ghostly encounters, Greg? Uh, several. I um, I belong to a paranormal group as well. Um, I was doing a podcast. So <clears throat> I've, uh, over the years, sort of been involved in investigations and, and seen some, some strange things. But one of the... The main ones is I was at the Ancient Ram Inn uh, on an investigation and we were sat down doing a Ouija board, um, sort of in the, one of the main rooms, and all of a sudden the Ouija board from underneath, we were sat in a circle away from the, the sort of the table as such, and from underneath, um, like the Ouija board just shot up into the air mm. as though somebody had whacked it from underneath. Um, so that was quite weird. Um, I've done, I've been into a house that was owned by uh, my grandparents. My my granddad had died, and my nan had was just going into a care home, um, so they were selling her house. So we were we were looking at the clearing out the the house to, and getting it ready for sale. And I said to my mum, "Would you mind if I set up the camera and my voice recorder and just have a go around and to see if I can." pick up anything because my granddad and um, my great nan and an uncle died in the house so uh, I was in one of the bedrooms uh, which was the the main bedroom uh, so my grandparents were in there my granddad actually died in that room and um, as we came in my daughter came in with me and we closed the door behind us door opened almost immediately afterwards so my daughter looked looked around the, the door and closed it again and walked over to me. She was a bit freaked out, so she said, I, I just want to go. So I was like, yep, off you go. And as soon as she said she wanted to go, the door opened before she even got to it. So I went and closed it. And again, not really thinking anything too weird was happening. And then it opened again, so I closed it. And it was kind of like a weird old house, so it was quite stiff the door so to, for it to open was quite weird anyway um and i was doing some evps and and whatnot um and 
I sort of said thank you for your time and I, I went I said I'm, I'm off now thanks for your time it, I'll listen to the the voice recorder and see if you've answered any of my questions and I walked off out the room upon reviewing the footage afterwards as I'd said goodbye and I was I was leaving um, an orb or some kind of bright light appears on the camera I didn't see it and goes in like a sweeping motion around the room and out the door and then wow. moments later I follow the same path it's a bit like um, Danny D uh, Donnie Darko the film yeah he sort of projects a thing out of his stomach and it it goes in the route that he's going to take it was very Gosh. similar to that but yeah so that was quite weird I've got got loads from where we've been doing the paranormal investigations part of our team so it sounds yeah, very exciting wow do yeah. you ever feel scared because I find that um I often don't feel scared when I have these paranormal experiences I just think did that really happen so no I don't um I thought I would do the first time I went on a like an investigation but it was weirdly quite calm the only time I've got really freaked out was when me and Ash um, went to the um, Castle Ring at Cannock Chase. Oh, yes, I saw that. Yeah. Um, and that was the only time that I've really felt like I didn't really want to be there towards the end. Ash was feeling the same. Abby, was, <laughs> who was with us, where we were like, Let's, we just, I think we should just go now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the first time that I felt really quite weird and, and and freaked out yeah oh. wow but do you yeah. get scared ash no um not generally when they had that experience in the pub uh, it was more like a bit of a, a bit of a shock like what's just happened I didn't feel scared I just felt like i just don't know what's happened and uh, going on investigations uh, i started sort of doing that the last six months or so going into the more of the paranormal investigation side of things like we can of chase with greg and last week I went down to Suffolk and uh, Wembley Forest and round. Oh there yes, doing... I've got some questions about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't go into it too much then. <laughs> but, um, but yes, but I felt like generally I I can be a bit of a um, get quite freaked out quite easy on my own and I can be in the forest or in the middle of summer at night on my own. I can get a bit on edge, but when I've been doing the investigation stuff, I've been pretty calm and just felt comfortable. Apart yeah. from that time where, like Greg said, at Canic Chase, where it just felt like something was telling us to leave. Like It's like we weren't welcome. That's what it felt like oh. in, in that area. So we just hightailed it out of there pretty much. We did. <laughs> <laughs> so am I right in thinking that you both um, do the podcast from different locations? Yeah, I'm in so, Manchester and Greg's in Oxford. Right. So how did all that happen then? How did you start the podcast from completely <laughs> so, different places together? Okay, so I'll, I'll say it then. Um, <laughs> so me and Ash, uh, Ash has got a history of playing poker and, and working at casinos, and I've got a history of playing online poker as well. And um, we were admins of the same poker group on Facebook. So we would just, uh, there'd be an admin chat, and we were just talking about, people on the page and what we were going to do as a page and whatnot and one day Ash had put up his website address um, about UFOs I was like oh I'm into to UFOs so we, we just sort of briefly chatted um, and I talked about the paranormal group and then I messaged Ash and said I'm thinking about doing a podcast do you fancy doing one and literally within two weeks we had a website we were up on Facebook we had the first podcast released and yeah it's the rest nearly, is history nearly a year <laughs> down the yeah, line yeah before before that we haven't even really spoke much even in the poker no. chat like because oh. there's about six or seven admins so we only sort of really passing talk mm -hmm. it's literally barely spoke before this and then now we've spoken like three or four times a week, <laughs> week yeah. yeah well that was not the answer i was expecting that's really interesting Oh, gosh. A paranormal podcast um, made out of gambling. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, we've, and we've only met each other once in real life. It's really? Been at at Cannock Chase, yeah. At Cannock Chase, yeah. That was the wow. first time. Wow, so you've got a really good rapport together. Um, my next th thing that I was going to say, actually, was that you both seem very tech savvy. Um, I've been really impressed with the kind of 
the output that you have and the music and all that sort of stuff. I sit here um, doing my tiny little podcast in envy going, how do they learn all those things? Um, so are you really into all the tech stuff or is it just one of you that's more into the tech than the other? Well, Greg kind of sorted out the intro stuff and sort of the editing. I used to do the editing, but they've had this issue with computers, so Greg's kind of took over. But, I mean, it's just been a learning process. When we first started, it would take us two hours to record 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> it took us feeling. weeks to, yeah. Um, but now we sort of just, been, like, because we've done it, we've done basically an episode every week since last December. Um, so we just sort of just gone with it, learned as we've gone. Um, I still... We still say I don't know how to fix this, or <laughs> like, like the issue we had before we started the show. Just Google it and see what see what happens. Yeah, um, you've done really well, actually. I'm really impressed with you being able to do an episode a week. I haven't, which is probably why I haven't got very many listeners. But that's fine with me. It's just a hobby for me. Um, but it is you have to be really quite rigid, don't you, and and make sure that it's there for the listeners yeah. about the same time every week. And I think that's probably um a testament to the success that you've had over the last year yeah so we we try and release it at sort of midnight on monday night so like just going into tuesday sometimes it's it's, it's normally for, if it's not at that point it's just after that we release it um and yeah it, as you know it's it's an absolute mission to get an episode ready uh we tried to get many episodes in advance ready yeah. to go so, and that's never happened <laughs> um, so we yeah and we we've been able we've been lucky enough to get a couple of episodes a week sometimes um put out some but sort of bonus episodes but we, we try and stick rigid to the the once a week and it it is yeah. it is a challenge i think having two of us helps because if there's it's like just me on my own a lot of times it does been oh, i can't be bothered then once miss one week you miss another week and then it sort of just fall by the way. So because there's two of us, if I'm particularly busy that week, I know Greg will pick up some other work. If Greg, likewise, if Greg's busy, I'm always there to do stuff. So we do sort of work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm on sometimes just to make sure we get the interviews, get the editing done, get the episodes published. Yeah. Or new guests and new new research that we're doing. But yeah. it is, it is it's like a full-time job sometimes to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a labour of love, but you seem to be um, reaping the benefits at the moment. So you've been nominated for the 2021 Paranormal Podcast Awards in the Alien and UFO category. Congratulations, that's brilliant. After only Thank a you. year, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, we, we were completely <laughs> completely shocked by that, to be completely honest. Um, yes. especially some of the names that we're up against mm-hmm. like some of the, the, the really really big podcasts just be yeah. alongside them just like wow like how how are we alongside these and in the, in the nominations like it's uh, what we had a privilege to to be nominated yeah so what do you go on you've got to blow your own trumpets now what do you attribute your success to so far um well i think because we put one out regularly we um we're true to ourselves we we started off um with certain subjects we we talk to each other a lot about what we're going to do in the coming weeks but we we try and do stuff that's interesting to ourselves we tried to do um episodes that maybe not quite as well known um i know we've done the enfield podcast recently but that that was because we had the it was coming up to the 44th anniversary yeah we done one one about rendlesham forest because it was the 40th anniversary but most of the other episodes have been around topics subjects cases that not necessarily are quite so well known so yeah. it, i think it's given us an opportunity to air some of the lesser known um cases from from things so like our first episode was about yowie um and like an australian bigfoot type cryptid and before that i didn't even know that it existed i've got relatives in australia and he thought it was a chocolate bar which it is it is a chocolate bar yeah (laughs) but he he wasn't aware of it as well so it's just i think we've been fortunate enough to to speak with people and talk about subjects that are not necessarily high profile yeah so how do you decide 
what you're going to do and who to interview? Or is it just through chatting and then you go, oh, what about this person? Should we try and get in touch with them? Or how does it work, really? Yeah, so yeah, we've... that's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we've had, we've, like, a lot of time we just like reach out to people on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, some big names. Um, like it's, I it always a particular book that I've read that I well, wouldn't mind talking to the author. Uh, just reach out, try and get them on. But like say the it's, it's topics that we're passionate about, and it mm-hmm. like because we want to learn as well. So if something that wasn't interested in, then I could say that probably wouldn't really work as well because it's something we're both interested in, passionate about, and learning more. Because like my eyes have been opened so much to so many different possibilities in the last nine months. Some of the stuff we talk about, I wouldn't even have dreamt about. Yeah. Um, like previously, I wouldn't even like, even give a second thought to thinking, no, that can't exist, that can't be a thing. But the more we're talking to people, and like say, you listen to other podcasts, and I think that topic's interesting, I might try and look into it a bit deeper and sort of get another pers- perspective on that topic that I've heard on another podcast. And we yeah. Just, yeah, try and reach out to different people, and some of them come on. Yeah. And I've found out, um, and I think from your guests, you must too, that this, um, the paranormal community are all very, good at um, being friendly and helping each other out and saying yes to things do you find that as well yeah yeah um a lot of the people we've spoken to have been so nice um it's it's a, amazing to to hear some of the tales that people are are talking to us about considering they they don't even know us um and some people just use it as an outlet to get their story out, but a lot of the paranormal uh, community have been been really helpful to us. Uh, we've made quite a few close sort of contacts that can help us out with sending footage to, sending videos to, to have a little look at and get their opinion. And yeah, so, yeah, we've been really lucky. So, do you get quite a lot of people emailing or sending you voice messages and? videos and things do they have you got kind of loads of stuff coming in from people going help this is happening sort of thing yeah we, we from time to time we do get quite a few um accounts coming in i guess uh would be the word some like i say pretty open-minded some of the stuff we get coming in you just I'll sit down it's like my mind's just been blown it's like anything of this if one percent of what this guy has just told us is true then like the world has changed. Um, <laughs> some, you know, obviously a lot of them are more, um, more usual stuff. Like people send the videos of orbs, videos of UFOs, uh, just us accounts of like noises in the house and stuff like this. And they, sometimes you ask for help. Sometimes you just want to tell someone. Like they don't want, don't want to be in the shell. They don't want to publicize it. They just want to have told somebody. Yeah. And they found that they can just have basically an an ear to listen to the story. It's what a lot of people just need, which we're happy to to take on and just talk to anyone that messes us yeah i think it's really important actually because if somebody does see something really weird a lot of people can't talk to their family or friends or work colleagues about it because they're worried that they're going to be found to be crazy or something um and i i've found that a lot of people when i speak to them because i i always pester people everybody i've nearly ever met i'll say have you ever seen anything weird or have you seen a ghost <laughs> and they always come back with something and then they say i've never told anybody that before because i didn't want to appear like i was a nutter um so it is it's a really important thing actually it's almost like paranormal therapy <laughs> it is and uh, yeah. yeah and some some of the people that we've spoken to because we we do it via zoom and we can see their faces a lot of the time um it's it's quite an eye-opener that the the listeners of the podcast don't see but you can actually see the sort of the anguish on people's faces when they're telling you their account of things um and that doesn't come across necessarily in the podcast especially when they're talking about a subject that uh, and an experience that seems to be completely alien for want of a better phrase, um, to the norm. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, we you can see the pain in people's faces when they're talking about stuff. And it's it, it's nice for them to be able to talk to us. And it, it does get, like you say, a bit of therapy for them sometimes that they're just able to 
share it. We, I know you, you mentioned and asked about um, popularity and, and why do you think we've been successful or been popular, should I say. Um, we never make a judgment on the podcast. We just let the person tell the story. We don't wrap up at the end and say, oh, I did believe that, I didn't believe that, or that was fake, or that's it, it wasn't a norm, it was something else. We just literally have the conversation and let people make their own mind up um, yeah because some of the stuff we've we've heard and, and people have talked to us about um like i said if only one percent of it was true even then it's absolutely mind-blowing yeah so. yeah um now i my next question on my list is uh quite a, a big question really you cover a lot of subjects in your show, which I really like. So each episode has almost got something for everybody. So there's a lot of variety. Um, and so you are interested in UFOs and ghosts and cryptids. Um, so I'm going to say this to Ash first. If you could go anywhere in the world to hunt for a particular UFO, cryptid or ghost, where would you like to go? Well, I think, as I mentioned uh, not, not too long ago, um, it's been a lifetime dream of mine to get down to Suffolk, down to Wendersmith Forest uh, for the 20 odd years. And last week uh, I was able to get down there and that would, even though, uh, you know, I've just been there, that would be my location. Just wow, the history, still, just the, yeah. Yeah, still just the history of the area, not just with the UFO when the Shum incident, which is the most famous one. Yeah. But there's there's like thousands of years of paranormal history of tales going back like say hundreds of years. The whole area, Suffolk, Norfolk, is just I think it's known as the most haunted county or something like that. Because the the, the 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 law that goes back and just to explore and be in these places where these stories have been around hundreds of years, and just like being in the Shum Forest, where the when the Shum UFO incident happened, was just it felt like it was a privilege to be there. And now I'm back home in Manchester. If I could be anywhere, looking for UFOs, looking for any of the spirits or other things that I've been seeing down in Suffolk, I, I'd want to be back there tomorrow. That's where I would choose to. Right. Be. So you plan on returning then, do you? Definitely. Definitely. 100%. Even despite those dangerous wild chihuahuas. <laughs> <laughs> now i can't say that without asking you to explain to the listeners what this story is and i realize i do not want to belittle the you know the fantastic rendlesham forest but i yeah. so enjoyed listening to your podcast um so can you just tell us a, a little about the, the wild chihuahua incident so yeah so this <laughs> happened on the <laughs> on the last night, on the last night of our trip, it is um, this was a week ago today. Actually, no, a week ago tomorrow. No, it isn't. It's a week ago tonight. So this happened literally almost a week to the day when we're recording this. Um, so we've been doing a nighttime investigation in Middle Vendersmith Forest. We're in a bit of forest that's in between the two RF bases, the Bentwaters and, and Woodbridge. Yeah, been there for a couple of hours. Done a couple of EVP sessions. Had the camera set up. Stargaze. It's been a beautiful night. No clouds whatsoever. Really dark. You can see the Milky Way there. It's a beautiful place in the middle of this forest. Uh, knocking around us whatsoever. No lights, no other cars, no other people. Just us and the, the wildlife. And nothing happens. We didn't see anything. We just sort of enjoyed being in the forest. So we headed back to the car about a mile walk from where we were in the forest. Headed back to the car. Felt completely fine. Like I said before, I felt really comfortable. Didn't feel creeped out. Only two of us. And in them situations where I'm in the middle of the forest on our own, at night, it can be a bit vulnerable, feel a bit like on edge, but I felt completely fine the whole time. Yeah. Then we get back to the car, start packing up, and just started getting this feeling of really being uncomfortable. I started, you started feeling the atmosphere change. It just felt like I didn't want to be here anymore. So it's like, with me partner Jamie, I was like, let's just pack the car up and just, just go. Got in the car, locked the doors, and that's how like uncomfortable I felt like, it felt like something was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so I put the headlights on, start driving out, and I just had the urge just to leave. Like, so it was like, like similar to what we had at Castle, uh, Castle Ring kind of chase, where it was the, the feeling was just, let's just get out of here. Just don't want to be in this location anymore. 
Yeah. So we just thought I was going to leave driving in the car. So we start driving out. I hear some noise on the top of the roof, like something had either fell off or fell onto the car. But there's nothing around at all. We got we had a quick look, couldn't find anything. Um, carried on driving, and it's these country roads. You haven't seen a car, a person, a light, nothing for a long time while driving. All of a sudden, I've got my high beams on. Obviously, these country roads that are all twisty turny. But all of a sudden, there's a chihuahua in the middle of the road. <laughs> we are in the middle of nowhere, and there's a chihuahua just in the middle of the road. It runs to the side, stays there. And my partner's like, was that a chihuahua? And I was like, I think that's a chihuahua. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, and I, my dad's can recorded it, recorded our reaction to it, which is what you're referencing because we did it on the show this week. Yeah. And we played the Dascam footage of us reacting to seeing this chihuahua. Um, and yeah, it's just the most surreal um, moment of just, I, like, like, like Greg said on the podcast, like if it was a, like a bigger dog, a working dog, like I'll say some German Shepherds, something that you might see on a farm that might be from somewhere nearby. Maybe yeah. that'd be too unusual to have seen a dog, but to see a chihuahua, a little tiny thing in the middle of the road, literally <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, miles from anywhere. Yeah. Really, really weird. And 99% of the time I'd have stopped and tried to help and try to get in the car, whatever, try and find out where it came from. Because we had this urge to leave, I just didn't want to stop. I felt like this was put there to make me stop. Yeah, like something was tricking you, sort of. Yeah, like even on the dash cam, like we talk about, like when you hear dash cam footage, you hear me say, if it even existed in the first place. Like, yeah. Straight away, I was thinking, did that just happen? Did that just, did this dog actually exist? This, or this That's so that... random, isn't it? A chihuahua. Really, really of all dogs. <laughs> I don't know anyone's got a chihuahua. It's just really. <laughs> Yeah, so either there's a poor chihuahua starving to death in Rendlesham Forest, yeah. or there was some kind of um, scary entity trying to trick you into stopping, which is, that is really quite freaky. Yeah, like, I, was, I was fighting the natural urge to help against the unnatural urge to get out, get the hell out of there, and I followed the flight inside yeah. side of my body at the time just to get out of there. Wow. That's brilliant. That's really, I love that story. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was just when your partner was going, wild chihuahua. It just <laughs> me, cracked me up. It was brilliant. brilliant. So I'm going to ask the same question to you, Greg. If you could go anywhere in the world to search for any type of paranormal thing, where would you go and what would it be? Um, would it have to be present day? So could I go... Um, yeah, you can go anywhere you want. So I'd love to go back to 1977 um, to have a look around the Enfield house. Ah, uh, yeah. That would be an absolute dream of mine because it was so well documented just to cast eyes on the exact things that were happening. Um, so that would be for sort of the paranormal side, uh, side of things. Um, and I do have an interest in UFOs as well. It's more ashes sort of expertise and an area of skill but I've been fortunate enough to to go out to Vegas a couple of times oh, and yeah. I've been out to Area 51 um, twice and I would love to we've only been there sort of for about an hour at a time and I would just love to do an, like an overnight sky watch from um, the, the sort of where the camo dudes are at Area 51 I think that would be amazing yeah um, that would be incredible. I'd love to go there too. One oh. other place, I'm being greedy now. One other place <laughs> is I would love to go to see John Edmonds at Stardust Ranch. Um, we've done an episode on on him and that place, That that's like the 1% that Ash was saying. If 1% of that actually happened or is happening, yeah, mind-blowing. So I'd love to go and spend like a, a weekend with John because he, he's such a nice guy and just to see if anything happens yeah yeah because yeah. i i feel the same about skinwalker ranch but to be absolutely um truthful i don't know so much about stardust ranch um but and you were saying that you thought stardust ranch was actually more interesting than skinwalker why is that so skinwalker um i mean not a 
a lot of people know the story about Skinwalker Ranch and it it's it's loads of films about it there's loads of books about it it's been um, talked about a lot and there's a TV program out about it on Discovery Channel where they sort of drip feed each episode and not a lot's happened but at the end of each episode something seems to catch you as a cliffhanger for the next episode um whereas stardust ranch is like skinwalker ranch on acid this guy um has claimed to have killed 19 aliens with a samurai sword wow Um, yeah and he's um sent off uh, like um bits of flesh to have it dna tested um his wife gets abducted on a regular basis and he has to chain her to the bed so it's just and portals open up um he's shot at ufos with an ak-47 and the the whole story men in black but not like your typical men in black he's having like police officers turn up with like black tape over their badges and so it's that's really? crazy stuff so as yeah. he said what what's come back from the dna of the flesh and the skin and things yeah what, it came what? back um, it's, they, you can see the results on his website and um, like sent out to this university uh, and it came back as like some sort of not unknown substance it's like a combination of like plant and sort of animal dna but no actual like other dna and interestingly and this is like fact is the guy that did DNA testing was died like not long after this uh these DNA. He's like a university professor where he mm-hmm. sent it off to university. And then the guy that did the, the testing, the, the scientist, he died. Um so it's all like sort of these stories that come in where like tales that happen when people go missing and people that yeah. sort of know know something. Uh, disappear. Mm-hmm. And interesting as well about uh, Stardust is this this was from before sort of skinwalker got popular yeah and john makes claim that bob bigelow tried to buy his ranch as well uh, like before and then because he couldn't buy stardust ranch he then went and bought skinwalker uh-huh. and he, he john john edmonds who owns stardust his claim is that he's basically taking what's happened at stardust and had it happen at skinwalker so that's like the claim that john has that he got like that's where it all came from was from his ranch before skinwalker mm-hmm. So that he actually took it and things are happening at Skinwalker or that Skinwalker is a fake stardust? Well, I think from John's opinion, I think he's basically took what's happened at Stardust and made it happen at Skinwalker. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but again, it's open to what people's beliefs are. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you can't deny some of the stuff that's happened at Skinwalker uh, from like Bobby Glow and the some of the more newer stuff as well. And the shapeshifters, I find them fascinating. The shapeshifters that are supposed to be there. Um, yes, John John at Stardust Ranch, he claims to be in regular contact with multiple races and species of alien as well. Um, and he talks talked to us all about that, um, that a lot of them are celebrities. Um, he wouldn't name them, but he said you, you would know who these people are. They don't go around telling you that they are who they are, but um, he interacts with a lot of them. He hates the the grey aliens, and that's they're the evil ones, and he's the one that goes around killing them. Um, yes, absolutely incredible story. Yeah, but yeah. He's, not, he's not changed his story for decades. No, he's just yeah. said this has happened and stopped his um, guns. And when you were talking about getting guests for the show, it it took. I wanted to get John on the show for months and months and months, and it took about six months for us to get him um, to even get him to reply to a message. I was almost stalking his Facebook page uh, and commenting when I could, just to get him to to come on. And yeah, it all it all happened. He like messaged me and said, "Yeah, let's do it now," and I was like, oh, "I need a I need a couple of hours <laughs> so I had to get Ash." involved and then we're like oh my god oh my god gonna be chat to john and yeah yeah so we managed to get it and he doesn't have proper internet he's like got a landline in an office in arizona and we had to figure out how we were going to record it and we had like hours to to try and figure out all the to try and figure it out yeah 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 wow so how exciting 
He said yeah. he sounds very much down the kind of David Dyke sort of path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's John's very matter of fact, um, and he he doesn't like Ash said he doesn't change his story at all. It is what it is, and he says if you don't believe me, he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, so he he has his belief about what's happening, and if you don't believe him, he he's not first. He just tells his account of things, and um, I've, I think we both found him to be very genuine in what he was saying. He definitely yeah. believes what he's saying, um, and yeah, he's never once changed his story despite pressure i think he's had ghost adventures they've done investigations at stardust ranch and found weird stuff and yeah 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 so it's, wow um, that's really yeah. i'm gonna have to look into that now that's fascinating so it staying is, is great staying on the uh the the uh idea of ufos now um i've got a couple of little questions here um, she says, which will probably take about half an hour each to talk about. I mustn't talk about everything in the world, but it's hard not to because it's so <laughs> interesting talking to people who are interested in the same things. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, being a school teacher, I don't get much of that at work. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, people are seeing and reading into all sorts of strange photos that we're seeing from the Mars rover. Do you think the Mars rover is actually seeing, um, you know, uh, aliens, or do you think it's just the cameras playing tricks on the eyes? Ash, what do you think? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's um, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything on Mars, not on the surface anyway. It's a lot of time. It's just shadows and on the rocks and uh, it, like even camera artifacts from like the sun or whatever. Um, and people try to find stuff in pictures that aren't there there's certain people on websites that will look for stuff and even though it's clearly nothing they're trying to make it out to be something else uh, for whatever reason but when i've seen a lot when i said like i've seen a lot of these pictures and claims that are coming out and it it's it's no i don't think there's anything to it personally i think it, yeah. it is a barren planet i don't think there's if there's something there millions of years ago if there's Underground, obviously, we don't know, but on the surface, at least, there's there's nothing to do. I like, take the the face on Mars, for example, that was like came quite popular in the nineties, um, where it looked like a human face on Mars. Yeah. But when you look at it from a different angle with different shadows, it's nothing. It's just mountains. Yeah. I think that just that's just how these objects look like. There's a soldier with a gun or bases and stuff. You see the buildings or bridges. It's to me, it's just shadows and rocks. That's that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. And so, Greg, what do you think about the um, the Pentagon coming out and saying basically, oh, we have actually seen UFOs and the Tic Tac videos? What's your view on all of that? Um, I find it, I find it fascinating. I do find um, that it's it's pushed it into more mainstream. Um, yeah, we we me and ash talk about this kind of stuff and as it even though it's more ash's sort of expertise from like a normal person i call myself uh, dealing with and talking about ufo stuff um i think it's been great i know they come out they didn't really say a massive amount apart from we don't know what a certain percentage is yeah um it's not foreign adversaries we need more money to investigate it properly um but i think that that speaks volumes they haven't come out and said uh it's swamp gas or we know what it is they've actually a part yeah. of them have said we're not entirely sure what some of it is um and i i i find that better than saying it's nothing so they clearly there is something out there and i think with the amount of footage that's out there now the tic tac one is is a classic like a modern classic really and i think that has really pushed out to the masses um and i think the pentagon report has again pushed pushed sort of di disclosure closer but i don't think we'll ever necessarily get that but yeah do you think it it could be possible i'll um ask ash this one 
could it be possible that there are maybe even private businesses out there who have managed to engineer um, craft that are even unknown to the highest government levels? Or do you think it is actually something from, you know, as in an alien type craft that, that we're seeing? I think in terms of like private businesses, I think on that side of things, it would be government funded private businesses. Yeah. Uh, I think government will know if anyone's creating these crafts or, or like I say, are have craft or back engineering alien craft, as you say. Uh, I think the, because once it goes to a private company, it then doesn't fall under freedom of information. Uh, it can all be kept private. Yeah. So when they, when they, when they like, just give the work to Bigelow or Northrop or whoever they're going to use to develop these planes, these crafts, it'll all be kept private. And I'm, like, like I say, with the reports in there coming out saying UFOs are real, uh, but it'd be full disclosure. If they did say we've got these crafts, if they then release these crafts in the future that are either theirs or they're found from somewhere else, I think there's always going to be doubt. There's always going to be questions because the government's lied basically for 70 years. They've yeah. denied everything. They said they haven't investigated it. And then 10 years later, oh, yeah, we were investigating it. So when it comes to them actually giving us full actual proper information not just oh i don't know what it is when they give us something that's actually tangible there's going to be doubt because how do you know they're not lying then yeah they've been lying in the past so why are they suddenly telling the truth if disclosure in whatever form that may be comes how can we even then know that this is the truth because why are they now suddenly can we trust the u.s government to tell us what's happening yeah so i think i think there is i think we did someone has these crafts, I think, I, I do believe that there has been crash recoveries in the past of non, I guess non-human is probably the best word. Yeah. Um, and I do believe we do have these vehicles somewhere, uh, but I don't think we'll ever know. Yeah. I mean, I know that um, people often sort of muse about the fact that it would be quite incredible for um, creatures to come from millions of light years away, um, maybe through black holes or wormholes, things like that. And I know that um, it's quite a popular belief. Some people believe without, <laughs> without me sounding like the ancient aliens, man. Um, some people believe that um, actually they've been here the whole time. I mean, obviously there's, there seems to be quite a lot of evidence dating right back towards the the Mayans and before and they've actually been here the whole time and they they actually managed to hide I guess the word might be under the sea and in mountains and things like that what do you think about that sort of theory yeah I think this is something that we we sort of discussed as well and that's why I sort of say non-human rather than saying like from space or from extraterrestrial because we don't know where they're coming from yeah. Um, there's a couple of train of thoughts that we've sort of talked about that, like I say, 12 months ago, I'd have been like, what are you talking about? Whereas now I'm like, oh, that could be a thing. Uh, like yeah. I say, under the water, uh, lots like with, with the TikTok videos, that was based around something being seen in the water initially. Uh, there's been lots of reports of UFOs coming out of the water or going into the water, where they come USOs. Uh, so I think there's definitely a possibility that there's, like I say, the the, the amount of water that's on the planet is ridiculous and the caves that are underwater and the mountains that are under the water, it could, yeah. be, it could be anywhere. And the one of the other possibilities that we've talked on the show quite a bit is interdimensional, where they're here, but we're just not aware of them unless they show them to us. Yeah. It's like the like, so like 2D presences aren't aware of us in the 3D world, yeah. but we can see them. And as you go up the dimensions... They can see us, but we can't see them unless they make themselves visible, which could explain some of the sightings. Uh, there's a there's a trickster element that some people talk about, and uh, where they like playing a joke, where they be like joyriding uh, creatures or ultra humans from a different dimension, where they playing a joke on us and they make themselves appear, so they can see us for a minute and then go again. Uh, so, like having a joke, having to play around with us. Because they yeah. 
Um, Do you know, I really like that theory, actually. Um, and I hadn't really thought about that, but I think that that could explain lots of other things as well. Um, I've got two, um, I know you were talking to Craig Bryant. Yeah. Um, and he's got a story um, similar to one that my friend's got. And when I told him the story, he said, um, I've got a friend who's told me that story as well. And it was practically word for word. And it was basically about the fact that um, these two different people at different times in different places both saw in their houses, um, they caught a small kind of almost like a gnome or um, elf, brown kind of wizened elf type creature um, in their house. And when they walked in and saw it, they, the creature literally kind of unzipped the, well, the, I don't know, the ether and disappeared and kind of zipped it back down again. And these two separate people said exactly the same thing. And I find that absolutely mind boggling. Um, have you ever seen, uh, there's an American program called Fringe. Have you ever watched it? You should watch it because they, um, it's kind of like a, a quirky paranormal kind of detective program with this kind of mad scientist and it's brilliant. And um, they are, are kind of um, thinking about the theory of parallel dimensions uh, and what would happen if this happened and that happened. Um, but that sort of thing absolutely boggles my mind. My mind can't seem to understand how that would work. Yeah, I think um, the parallel dimensions, parallel universes is something that we have spoken to a few people about uh, over the, the months we've been doing the the podcast and it is something that seems to come up and it would explain a lot of paranormal stuff um some of the evps could be interdimensional people um talking and you're actually hearing them so there's not a ghost as such in a particular area that it's it's another dimensional being um and like i said i wouldn't have been open to any of that last year but now we've been talking to more and more people and there's yeah. a lot of links between UFOs and, and the paranormal that it's, it's not actually beyond the realms of possibility in my head anymore that yeah. that, that, that wasn't a thing, but definitely could be. Yeah. So it sort of makes sense. Like when you actually put the pieces together, like, like yeah. it makes a lot more sense that something can come from like the parallel dimension that we're not aware of than something traveling these billions of miles that's going to take millions of years to come from the nearest star system or whatever i think it just makes more sense that you are already here in one way or another now yeah. it's like greg started explaining and like like with, with the story told then about like it sort of unzipping the world and disappearing yeah that, like explain portals and things mm -hmm. if they're able to utilize portals if yeah. they're advanced whatever then it would explain a hell of a lot of things that i've seen all over the world yeah, definitely. And it would explain all the missing objects in my house as well, um, which I've got lots of stories about. I started off thinking it was just me, but um, there were two particular incidents that happened right in front of my eyes. Um, basically, one of them was, to, to cut it really short, that my slippers uh, went missing and reappeared right in front of my eyes. And I literally just stood there going, this can't be happening. <laughs> This can't be happening. This doesn't happen. Um, and I ended up stood there talking to the ether um, yeah. as, as if somebody was in the room with me that I couldn't see. But it really has opened my eyes. I think it's absolutely fascinating. And, and that, again, that, that sort of goes back to the trickster element where they're, they can play tricks or sort of play with us. They steal your slippers. Like, so that's what they're doing. It's like someone having a laugh on yeah. their side of, their universe or their dimension. I think I would have got carted off to the loony bin if anybody had heard me though, because um, <laughs> I was stood in the middle of the bedroom pointing my finger going, I saw you, I saw you. You cannot tell me that I'm going mad. I saw that, <laughs> wow, wow. shouting out. Right, so just before we finish then, um, we've touched on it a couple of times, but I am really, really interested 
And I'm going to direct this towards Greg about I'm really interested in poltergeists. And um, of course, the three most famous cases are the Enfield poltergeist, um, 30 East Drive and the Battersea poltergeist. Um, one in the 50s, one in the 60s, one in the 70s, um, but all centering around um, sort of pu pre-pubescent or pu girls going through puberty. Um, and I just find that so interesting. Um, I was actually listening to, I don't know if you've listened to the Danny Robbins podcast on BBC Sounds as well, um, and That's obviously brilliant. the one that you did too. So... Greg, what, what do you think is going on? What is a poltergeist? What's going on there? That is a good question. So I do think it can be a manifestation of the energies that are happening in that particular household. So like you mentioned, it all seems to centre around and all begins when a girl of the house starts to go through puberty. So they tend to be between 13 and, and 16 years old. Um, some of them have had, there's, there doesn't appear to be like a, um, a father figure issue because um, the Enfield case, they didn't, there wasn't, the dad wasn't in the picture in the house, but yeah. Batsy one there was. Um, but it, it always seems to be a spirit of a gentleman. We were talking about it on the, on the podcast yesterday that, it seems to be a gentleman or like tries to be this almost stalkerish kind of activity. It starts off yeah. with banging and knocking and then escalates right up. And with the Enfield one, they, this character was talking through Janet on the yeah. sofa, which when you look at the, the documentaries on YouTube is particularly disturbing. Yeah. Um, but I think, it's either a genuine spirit that's come come from somewhere or it's just the manifestation of this sort of weird hormonal energy in the house. Um, I, I don't really know. It's so yeah. fascinating, but they always seem that common theme is it's the prepubescent or girl that's going through puberty, this the the poltergeist appears to always be a man i don't yeah. know why why yeah. that is um yeah it's it is so, fascinating so and fascinating with the east drive as well that seems to mm. have kind of it's almost like um the energy has attracted other dark energies um because yes. a lot of people even now um you know go there and have really really scary um nights in there have you been have you ever been yeah i've been there um i'd love to few, go yeah i mean a few strange things happened but not to the extent that you see some of the the people on social media saying that stuff has happened oh, we experienced some doors opening um some of the light up cat walls lit up in in the rooms um but then i've seen footage of of cameras tipping over and there's a classic photo of like a um a dark um sort of entity or shadow figure coming up the stairs um the 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 downside to that particular property is when most haunted went in there they'd done a, yeah. a live halloween thing and it was a shambles to be fair um well, but Yvette was trying to wind up whatever was there, wasn't she? Um, yeah. Which is then, a shame, really. Yeah. No, I know they have to, there's certain things that certain programs do to get ratings, so I get that. Um, but 30 East Drive, I, I would love to go there again. Definitely would. Um, maybe not as part of a group. I went, uh, there was about eight or ten people. Yeah. Um, I didn't find it particularly scary, but it's such a, a fascinating place and like you say it's one of the the main sort of poltergeist locations in the uk um it's definitely interesting definitely yeah interesting place, it really is well um i think i'm going to let you both have a rest now because i have grilled you for quite a long time now but <laughs> it's been so interesting um 
I really, really enjoyed it, actually. And I'd really like to um, chat to you again in the future, if that's OK. Yeah, most definitely. You have to come on and talk about your experiences on our podcast. Oh, that would be lovely. Um, I'm afraid, uh, yeah, you might regret that because once I get talking, that's it. (laughs) You might have to edit me out. That's good. No, that's good. That's good. Um, So before we go, can um, one of you or both of you um, tell the listeners where can we find your podcast um, and any other um, Facebook pages, YouTube, things like that? Where where do we find Pursuit of the Paranormal? Yeah, well, the website is pursuitoftheparanormal.co.uk. You can listen to the episodes on there or you can find us on any of the podcast platforms on most of them apple spotify google anyway you get your podcast you can find us like i say we've got facebook just go facebook.com slash pursuit the paranormal and it's the same on instagram as well so send us a message whatever get in touch like our page and we'll we'll be there brilliant and can you give us any sneak previews about what's coming up in the future I. Uh... Yeah, so we've got an episode coming up where we speak to a gentleman called James Gilliland, um, another kind of ranch place called the Iseti Ranch in America, um, and it's at the base of a mountain called Mount Adams, and mysterious lights and craft come out and have been videoed multiple times, been broadcast on TV. Um, lots of strange things happening so we're just organizing a convenient date and time to speak to him um, to talk about all the stuff that's going on there Um, so yeah we've also uh, got updates on uh, paranormal things that are going on with my team in Oxfordshire that I gave an update about yesterday so we're going to be following that through Ash has got some UFO related activities coming up soon as well from one of the other pages that he runs so we've got loads coming up that we will will share okay that's fantastic and yeah just um tell us quickly about the um ufo minicon ash yeah so um the ufo uk is my website that i've been running for around 18 months we built up quite a community in the northwest of england uh, so with obviously covid restrictions covid we thought we'd put on a live night and that's snowballed into a full day ufo conference we've got four speakers we've got a bar we've got stores we've got tables we've got book signings we've got raffles and we've got food being provided and there's limited tickets left that's on the 9th of october in preston so if anyone's interested in getting a ticket it's www.ufoidentified.co.uk forward slash minicon and tickets are 15 pounds that's an all day conference in preston Brilliant. It's a shame I live in the South. Oh, well. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much. And um, I really hope to speak to you both again. And uh, take care. And I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Well, thanks very much to Ash and Greg. That was a really fun interview. I really enjoyed chatting to you and I can't wait to chat to you again in the future. In fact, we might even be able to meet up considering we're in the same country. That would be fantastic. So, listen everybody, if you have any paranormal stories to share, please email them to me at paranormalorwhatpodcast at outlook.com. I really want to try and do a few episodes where I have listeners' stories on. And at the moment, I'm afraid I don't have any. So come on, get recording on your phone and send them to me. Alternatively, you can send your voice messages to anchor.fm forward slash paranormal or what podcast forward slash message. Um... The other thing I was going to say, I had a bit of a blip there, was don't forget to rate and review the podcast for me. Remember to give it five stars if you like it. I really depend on those five star ratings for boosting the listenership for the show. 
Well, that's about it for tonight. Thanks for tuning in and keep it spooky. I look forward to snuggling down with you in the future. Two weeks from now, don't forget, we're on every first and third Thursday of the month. So, I hope you enjoyed the evening show. I really enjoyed sitting down and nattering with you all. Okay, take care and don't forget, together we can figure it out. Good night. Thank you.